0: Before we begin the episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Chin Up Goggles, the new generation of vision training. Its simplistic design eliminates downward vision, improving a player's spatial awareness, anticipation, skill acquisition and execution. The findings have been supported by scientific research in CIT, now MTU. Be sure to visit chinupgoggles.com for more. Welcome back to the Sideline Live podcast. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at The Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 91, I'm delighted to be joined by the Irish Under 16 Girls Soccer head coach and senior women's assistant coach, Tom Elms. Tom has also taken charge of Weckford Youth's senior women's team after retiring from his own playing career. It was a pleasure recording with Tom, so I hope you enjoyed the episode. Tom, thanks a million for joining me on the podcast.
1: Hiya, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.
0: Before we get into everything, would you mind giving a quick elevator pitch to the listeners who might not know who you are?
1: Yes, my name's my name's Tom Elms. I'm the current um, women's under sixteen head coach for the for the FEI, uh, and I'm also the women's assistant senior uh, coach um, with uh, under Vera Powell.
0: Very good. Uh, for you, at what stage? Did you get into coaching? What was the the kind of drive there? What? How did you get into coaching, basically?
1: Um, just, I mean, it kind of followed on from, from playing, really. There was an opportunity to, um, to work with uh, an underage team at the club I was with. And um, I took that opportunity and just really enjoyed it. And uh, it kind of grew and developed from there.
0: And do you think, to be an elite coach, do you have to have played the sport you're in? And it's not just specific to football. Do you think there's kind of these intangible things that you need as a coach that you've learned from playing, or can somebody that hasn't played at work come in and, and start coaching maybe and build their way up to an elite level? What do you think? Yeah, I think
1: obviously there are there are certain benefits to, to having played the game, certain um understandings of the game and but I think, you know, you, you can have these experiences, but unless you're you have the ability to, to you know, to, to develop the knowledge uh, and, and share that knowledge and, and understand how how that process works. Um, then you know it's more beneficial really to to make sure that you know people are educated in the right way that we can you know we can develop players.
0: Mm-hmm. Was there any particular lessons you brought in from your your playing days into coaching is there anything that you've kind of brought along with you that you're trying to instill to your players now that you've learned from playing the game?
1: Just I think I think with, one of the biggest lessons I suppose anyone will learn is hard work you know and hard work and attitude at the end of the day um, your attitude defines who you are and, and it's it's so much more important than, than anything else uh, when it when it comes down to it. So that, that'd be one thing, I think, um, you know, after you've done all the talking, uh, that's the one thing it comes down to, I believe.
0: We, you mentioned there the under-16 girls and we've mentioned Trish Nolan, shout out to her. What? How do you build a management team around you when you when you have a squad? What do you look for in your assistants when you're building this team to try and nurture a young group of players and bring them through the the initial ranks of the the Irish setups?
1: First of all, you are looking for people that that have have their own strengths, have their own qualities that they're gonna they bring they're gonna bring something to the group to to the management group. Um, I think we have a very good group at the moment, and and the, that is the reason why is everyone's uh everyone's good, you know, good levels of self-awareness of, of what we're capable of and what our strengths are, but also what, what areas we might not be so strong in and, and where others can support you and help you in that. And I think you really, really need that. Uh, we need to hold each other accountable at times, um, question what we do, why we do it, um, and only to really bring the best out in each other um, and and, make, and making sure we all share the, you know, the same common goal. We, you know, what we're doing is for one reason, it's to, it's to develop players um, is to, to develop them within the, the Women's Under 16 programme uh, and and send them on into the 17s as best prepared as we can. And I think once we all share that goal, uh, once we're all um, open and honest with each other and there's trust there, um, you know, and, and everyone has them strengths that they bring to the table, you, you know, you start to have a really good group
0: around you. How do you measure their development? Is there a particular way that you like to see players evolve or is it just you know at the end of the year you kind of evaluate how they've improved what, how do you measure that development stage because it, it'll be so different for every single player and every single individual
1: Absolutely and you know their their development might not have, have projected as, as much as they might have felt it might during them that, that, that year that they're with us um, but that doesn't mean we're not aware that things might come around the corner, um, football's like that, development's like that um, so I think you know when they come into us, it's kind of the first time they're really kind of exposed to uh, to principles and um, to structures and systems and so on. Uh, and we we look to just develop their understanding. Uh, can we can we teach them how to, how to reflect on their performances? Can we get them to understand some of our team tasks? how, how it might look if we're defending? How it might look how we attack? Uh, Start to start to kind of embed these these principles into the players and and obviously then when we're observing them in games we can see their understanding um and 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 the understanding of the game is 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 really really important now and how they make decisions how they communicate with each other so we're really looking at those those foundations um obviously you, you know you look at how they might execute some of their actions and so on but for us that's not that's not what we are really, that that uh, will come that comes in time uh, but the sooner we can develop the, the communication of the individual and the team uh, we really you know we're really positive about kind of um, you know supporting the players in that area uh, would be a key key area for us yeah how
0: do you help the girls that might find the jump a little bit difficult for example they're coming from a club where they're probably you know the best player there for a while or their region they're well known and now they're coming up against the best players in the country at their age and they might not be exposed to to certain principles that you are bringing in that high level high intensity training how do you help them bridge the gap particularly maybe when they're struggling and you know maybe finding it very difficult to engage in that high level training
1: so when we when we come in for individual sessions, uh, we keep we keep an extended group of players uh, that could be could be between 30 and 40 players that come in. And there would also be a list of players after that that we that we're aware of and we, we monitor back with their clubs and so on. Um, but we always bring that group in um, and, and, and they take part in a lot of the sessions. But when we work, when we go into a camp, we are restricted to, to 20 players. Um, and We do have to make those decisions. And what we do with the players that you know they might not make that 20 it's important that we communicate with them uh, openly and honestly about their performance and how they're developing and what key areas of their of their game we feel they really need to to concentrate on and work on but most importantly is, is how is, is our relationship with the clubs um and to be honest it's, it's been really positive this year a lot of the clubs take on the feedback really well um because it's a difficult one for them to manage because all of a sudden they've got, to, they've got to work with a player who in their club environment is probably their strongest player um, but we sometimes forget that these players are sometimes the ones that need the most coaching um, because i think the club club level we can get lost and think we need to bring everyone up to that the standard of that player whereas at the next level up we need to bring them up again to the standard of, of an international player Uh, And that can be the challenge. But I have to say, a lot of the coaches we're working with really understand that uh, and and they're really supportive with it. So uh, I think once we're we're very open and honest with the player, um, most of them take that, uh, take the feedback really well and and they do. And we've had a couple of examples of of players who might have been in the extended group earlier in the year um, and they have gone off and worked hard on on certain aspects of their game, uh, worked hard with their club. And then when we come back in, you know, they might not get selected for a camp um uh, when they come back into the extended group and, and you see how they perform you can't help but invite them into the next camp and, and that's the way that's the way the game is everyone develops at different rates but you know you soon see those that, that have an attitude uh, and don't respond well to the criticism or the constructive criticism that you might be offering them um, it only it only you know only sees them fall back even further.
0: Mm-hmm. that's a really good point actually I, I would never have thought of that you know the elite player needing even more coaching that's an interesting point there yeah Um. out of interest with any team you've worked with it, it's, it's kind of a topic that's come up a lot how do you balance improving an individual player and the rest of the group and uh, the way I'm thinking of it is when you're maybe with Wexford Utes or with the senior team like there's so there's so many different things that people need to work on and when you've such a maybe a small window for an international camp how do you balance improving their individual abilities as well as improving the whole team
1: yeah I think the environment that we the environment we create when they come into a training training session or into a camp we we create an environment where the players are under a lot of pressure Um, we encourage them to play with pressure um, but we try and put them under as much pressure and that's how we structure our sessions how we structure our games um, everything that comes down to the size of the area that you work in. Um, so that really brings on the development of the individual, um, how they can respond under pressure, how they can make quicker decisions and they can communicate better with the team around them. Um, so that really supports their individual development. Regards, regards Then the team, everything we do comes back to the, the needs of the team and the task of the team. What are we trying to achieve as a team? And we always bring our session our session comes back down from that. Um, but then the way we work on that task and on that objective, the the environment we create um, really encourages the development of the individual player as well.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, out of interest, with your sessions, how much of it do you practice the basics or is it when you get to your level, it's, well, they have the basics anyway. Like, how do you structure that? How do you balance that, that, you know, getting into the basics as well as that high pressure environment that you've created? I think...
1: Whether it's the under-16s I'm working with or the seniors, um, you're always, you always fine-tuning the basics, brilliant basics all the time. Um, y- you can't underestimate how important it is to, to be brilliant at the basics. Uh, and again, players are always given an opportunity in training to work on those uh, and you don't take it for granted. I think it's so, so important. You don't overlook it. I think sometimes we can get caught up in environments where it's a lot stop stand still and um, there's a lot of talking from the coach. Whereas I think we need to get that balance of getting the right information, but allowing the players to play as much as possible. And again, uh, you know, fine tuning those basic skills.
0: When you're with a team for so little, is it, how do you balance, you know, and try and instill a, a style of play that, you know, as opposed to a club team, you might see two or three times a week. How big of a challenge is that for you to, when you only see players maybe a couple of times a year?
1: Yeah. So I think one, look, obviously it's my first year in the programme. And I think, one of the things we, you know, repetition of information um, and obviously the terminology we use. So really keeping it simple. Um, we, we, we've had you know, the resources we have in terms of video analysis, we have classroom time when we are with the players. So if we come in, obviously we don't get much time with them, we do come in have a full day or we could be in two days, three days. These are the kind of smaller camps and we really get the benefit of having classroom time. Um, and we'll break, we break. We do a lot of breakout sessions, so we might bring the players in with their units. So that could be the defenders and the fielders, attackers, and we do individual work with them. But we do individual work with them, helping them to understand that sometimes with defenders, it's not just defending, it's what their role is if we're attacking in the final third and what that m- m- might look like. Um, so we do get a lot of time to work on those things. Um, we set homework tasks, so they all have access to Huddle, which is our online analysis. And... Um, and and they're able to to reflect um, on their own performances in the sessions and games. So we give them little tasks on find two positives, find two areas for improvement. And they all come back with them and all these little jobs, all these little uh, workshops that we're doing with them, um, they're always looking at the performance and bringing it back to the objectives of the team, but also within the team then what their roles and responsibilities are um, through the different functions. So we get them to understand it with with, with simplicity. but also the resources that we have are, are very beneficial as well.
0: With the senior team, if with the caliber player that is there, Katie McCabe, Denise O'Sullivan, the list goes on. Is there anything you've, you've learned from them? Is there anything that they've kind of taught you or you've picked up from from being there and being their presence and see how they approach the game?
1: Yeah, I think just their, their overall professionalism, um, you know, it's, 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 it's great to see, that, you know, in the female game now, you know, as, as it's grown the way it is, the professionalism the girls bring in is, is top class. Um, but also as well as their, their constant, um, constant reflection on, on what we're doing as a team and how we can do it better and their feedback with the staff and stuff like that. It's, um, it's really, really good to see that, um, you know, we really are working working together and they, they feedback what they see and, um, you know, it helps us to, to form, a, you know, an even stronger, better plan and implement it as best as we can.
0: Mm-hmm. how do you turn a great bunch of players you know the names I've just mentioned into a team into that 11 man you know um, team on the pitch plus all this, the game changers I now call them not subs yeah, how, yeah. Do you, how do you bring in all of that talent into one place and, and try and make it work together as a team
1: I think the, I, I think like you said the, the key word that you keep mentioning is team and, and people have to remember that that's what it's about if you, if you have a group of individuals um, you don't have a team um. And that's what's really important. They have to share, they have to share the same goal, they have to have have direction, um, and they have to share the same values. And at the moment, I think we're we're taking a lot of these boxes with the senior team, and, and we're trying to educate the younger players to understand that these are the components that are really really important as you do progress through the age groups. Um, but with the senior team at the moment, I think everyone's really buying into what we're doing. Everyone understands what we're doing, and everyone understands what their role is within that. Um, and that's when you really have strong team organisation.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have any particular non-negotiable behaviours or values that your players have to buy into?
1: Um, I think honesty. Honesty is one. Um, and I don't. You know. I mean, honesty in terms of that self-awareness, being honest with with, with yourself. Uh, what, what you know, what you've done well Uh, because all you know you always need to pat yourself on the back but at the same time you need to be really honest with yourself and be aware of of what you need to improve on and what you haven't done well because when you only when you only when you reflect honestly is is when you can really really start to to develop as a person uh, and as a player um i think when you're in environments where where you spend a lot of time with each other um respect is also important i think you know respect from players from staff no matter who the player is or who the staff member is I think if you have that, that really good harmony uh, amongst everyone um, that's also really really important and, and uh, you know I think that that has to be has to be in there and I think um, maybe maybe hard work and attitude because you know at the end of the day you know that hard work and attitude will, will be will beat talent and I think when you're seeing our performance against Sweden you um, Hard work was what, what what got us that result. Yes, there was organisation there, and we did work on things. If the players aren't prepared to put in that hard work and have the right attitude uh, in the build up to that performance and during the performance, um, you're not going to see the results that we we did get.
0: Mm, that's a really good point. For any coaches listening, how do you main, kind of maintain that love for it? Prevent any sort of burnout because when coaches are doing multiple teams, multiple sports, they you know have a lot going on, personal life. How do you prevent that burnout that you know maybe a lot of listeners might have maybe experienced or maybe close to you know gotten to that stage of burnout
1: i haven't worked that out myself yet. Um it's difficult to switch off uh but i think you need to find things and in... one of the things i think when i you know when i am with my with my family i think I, I tell myself to be present um because you can easily be there but your mind is somewhere else um And I think that's one of the things since taking on the additional workload as such, um, it is really important then that when I'm not there and I am with other people or with my family, it's about being present. And that does help you then to get that little bit of break and switch off and enjoy other other parts of your life as well.
0: Is that the hardest part of coaching is switching off or is there anything else that kind of challenges you? Um, I think, yeah,
1: I mean... It is is probably one of the most difficult things. Um, But coaching has all these talents. I think sometimes if if coaches aren't, you know, if they're putting these great plans in place and they're not seeing instant success, they can get frustrated. But that's definitely not the case. I think patience is is something we all need to learn, especially as a coach. Um, You must be patient and you must stick to the process because otherwise you will get frustrated and you will get burnt out. Um, But other, other than that, I think, you know, keep keep educating yourself also another really important one you know we, we never know it all um but yeah one of the diff- one of the most difficult i would say yeah it was, was, was definitely dealing with the burnout and the managing your time
0: mm-hmm. why do you love it then what's the what's in it for you what what do you get the thrill of it from uh
1: first of all i love football first of all i love the game um and then after after that, you, you look. I personally love seeing um, you know if it's with the 16s. I love seeing the development of an individual. I love seeing the development of a of a team building. Um, how we see it go from from week, you know, player assessments to, to a final UEFA tournament at the end of the program. And I love seeing that development of the person because we I think at that age group of you know 15, 16 years of age, there's an awful lot going on for young young people. Um, and, you know, it's great to see how they, how they're growing within that year. Um, I think and, and with the seniors, it's probably something a little bit different because, you know, you are, you are results-based and you are more competitive and obviously you want to see results. So it's fantastic for us when we see, when we see the hard work that we're putting together as players and staff, um, that we can get the results that we get against Sweden and create those memories and those experiences that we'll all share. But, you know, it's, you um, it is nice, it is nice to see hard work pay off, uh, which, which is, all, yeah, which is always quite re- uh, rewarding.
0: When you talk about the development side of things and giving feedback, is there any particular way you like to structure feedback? Sometimes people have speak, spoken about techniques they used or anything they've found helpful. Is there any particular way you like to do it or is it just that eyeball-to-eyeball honest, open conversation? Oh
1: yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be open and honest. So we'd always have, with the, with the underage players, we'd always have A couple of staff members in there, and and the player coming in, we'd we'd have a good chat, and we uh, we give the uh, the player the chance to talk first, and the player's aware of their role and and, and the areas that we've been working on, and um, we get them to reflect because they've always they're they're always we're always encouraging they're constantly reflecting uh, on their performances in training in games, so a lot of the time the players their self awareness is quite good. Um, if you you know, it's one of the components that you look at as an international player is that they are able to do that. Um, so yeah, generally the players are quite good and, and they can reflect and they can understand and we'll support them then within other areas. And, and we work, we work within the, their, the profile of their position. So we would have a number of, you know, attributes and characteristics of a player. And then um, we can discuss those individual components, you know, with the individual and um and, and explain how some areas they may need to work a little bit harder and, and how we feel they can do that, what they can utilise in their environments, their training environment, home environment, how we can do that. And um, I think, you, you know, you can't dress it up. You have got to be honest, but you've got to be compassionate as well. You, you know, you, they still are young people. Um, but that's, that's the way for me, the best way to do it is, is break it down, but, all, but, but, but support them in how they can do it. Don't just give them all this information. And send them off that you've got to explain, you know, what can they do within their own environments to to, to be better? Uh, And I think that's just as important. Mm
0: -hmm. When you're in that environment, do you focus more on the strengths or weaknesses uh, of a team? And that's probably difficult, particularly if you're away at a tournament, you know, a couple of games coming up. But what do you focus more on, your strengths or weaknesses? Um,
1: I think, see, we're all about, we're constantly trying to develop, constantly trying to improve. So, you know, we have to focus on. On where we need to do that what areas we do need to improve on <clears throat> you have to acknowledge your strengths you have to play to your strengths um but would be very naive not to be aware um of where you might be vulnerable and <clears throat> what weaknesses you might have so it's uh it's always important that we do that and again it just comes you know comes back to the environments that we create you constantly work on those brilliant basics you constantly you know um you know repeating what you're good at and, and and developing that and pushing that even further but you're also creating an opportunity for them to be exposed to to where they might need to improve and, and highlighting that to the players
0: mm-hmm. with all the players you've seen aside from physical ability skill what are the common traits that you see is there a pattern that you see amongst these elite players that you kind of say oh god they all have these similar traits what yeah what do you think of that what, what are the common traits you see of the best players
1: um, the best the best players uh, all have that trait of of wanting to know more um, they all want to get they all want feedback they all want to find out what they need to do to be able little be better or what can they do to improve or what can they bring back to their club with them um, and that that tends to be what we see with the group that we've had come through this year a lot of them were so good in that area and they were they, were, You know, whenever we set tasks, they'd really, um, you know, got involved into, into their own performances and, and, and highlighting these key areas. So I'd, I'd say that would be a big one for us.
0: What What's more challenging, the under-16s or the senior?
1: Both challenging their own way. Um, yeah, completely... Uh, completely different environments with their own challenges. Um, all good challenges. I mean... Um, I, I couldn't say which was more more challenging. It pulls on different. It pulls on my own different skills and abilities to adapt to, the, to that different environment, really, um, and, and different challenges within those.
0: Is there any particular lesson you've learned from coaching over the years? Is there any, you know, maybe particularly working with with women? How do you find going into the female setup? Is there anything you've kind of noticed or observed between the difference in men and women? Um, a lot of people have spoken about. Different traits that they have. Is there any particular observations you've made?
1: Um, obviously, look, you, you, you do. You have to be. Um, you have to be conscious that you, that you work within the female game. You have to be aware um, of how you deliver feedback, like we spoke about. Um, but I think, I think at the end of the day, coaching is coaching. Um, how you how you communicate with with people. At the end of the day is. Is the main thing, how you, how you communicate your message, um, you know your understanding of, of their different environments, just like in the, in the men's game or the boys' game. All players going to be from different backgrounds, uh, different ethnicity, everything like that. And, and you have to be understanding of that first and foremost, of who they are, getting an understanding of who they are, how they learn and uh, where they're coming from. And whether they're a male or a female, that remains the same um and then when it comes to coaching and you and you, you know you develop an individual you're developing a team um you know that 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 that's that, that's coaching um i find that the i find that the girls are really really open to feedback um i find that they, they do want to know more um and when you do discuss things with them they learn very very quickly
0: very good. Is there any particular advice you'd give to any um novice coaches coaches starting off that or coaches that want to jump from maybe a, a particular level to the elite level? Is there anything that you you'd advise them on?
1: Yeah, just be patient. Just be patient and don't 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 rush because you know you you see it now, um so there's some really good opportunities in the country. Um but I think you know, good things come to those who wait at the same time and, and don't be in a rush to get there. Um, i think you know i think when when i look back i think it was almost four or five years between doing my b license and my a license because i just i just wanted to make the most of the opportunities i had and, and coach as much as i could and and learn as much as i could and then when i felt i was ready i'd, I'd progress on to the my a license and so on i think nowadays we're in a rush to get through the licenses and get into this this um this tough job and, and you know that's okay for some but i think the real benefits and the real rewards come when we and we um, just be patient with it and, and and acknowledge all the learnings along the way.
0: Okay, interesting. If I held the key to every single football club in the world or any sport, is there any particular team you'd love to go in and just kind of be a fly on the wall and watch for a week?
1: Yeah, Jordan's Chicago Bulls.
0: I've actually watched watching the last stands at the moment, so that's so fitting.
1: I'd to have been, like, obviously watching the documentary is, is great, but if we're learning that much by watching the documentary, imagine what we don't know.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Would
0: you ever look to other sports at all? As obviously, you watch the last dance, but is there anything, maybe even from the football point of view, not just enjoyment or entertainment part, is there anything, any other sports you'd look at and try to take ideas from?
1: Um, I think, like, I think, you know, even rugby. Rugby's a great sport. I love how I love how rugby really comes down to the onus is on the players. Players are given all the tools. They know what the, what the objectives for the team are, how we're going to play. And I love how in rugby they assess the opponents and, and make decisions on how we're going to play our game. Um, and I think that's one, one key area that in, in football, if we could do that quicker and better, um, that would definitely be, yeah, to be to our advantage. So I, I enjoy watching that at times. Um, no, I, I enjoy watching all sports, and I think I enjoy watching the the, the behaviors of, of coaches and managers more so than anything, and seeing how they communicate with their players. That's um, that's always a key key observation for myself.
0: Okay, very interesting. Is there any particular book recommendation uh, you'd give to any of the listeners uh, about coaching or anything you've just found interesting or valuable?
1: Um. Ooh, so obviously, Legacy is a is a great book uh about the new zealand all blacks um i not long read phil jackson's eleven rings that's a, that's a great book as well yeah i enjoyed that one um but the most recent book uh i read was um uh, carlo Ancelotti' quiet leadership uh and it's it's a brilliant book um it says a lot about the man and, and how he's how he's evolved as a person as a coach and uh some of his top tips along the way of how to engage with players and, and so on.
0: Okay, interesting. Ed, of interest, with with leadership, particularly maybe with the younger age, how do you try, I guess leadership comes in different forms and it's, you know, leaders will kind of bring themselves to the forefront naturally, but how do you try to develop that leadership component and, you know, maybe, you know, build up potential captains or maybe a leadership group within the team?
1: Um. I think leaders will always evolve their their, their their traits that people have within them, um, and, you know, and obviously you will always select a captain and so on. But I think what we look what we look to try and do is create an environment where where every player is a leader in their own way. Um, you know, we spoke earlier about how important communication is, um, and, and everyone must take responsibility for that. And I think you always yeah you know you're always looking to see can, can everyone be a leader in their own way because uh, obviously leadership is done in different ways as well you, you mentioned quiet leadership you'll, you'll get people who, who, who do their talking by their performance on the pitch you get others a little bit more vocal uh, and I think it's about getting that balance, balance right but you, you definitely do look for the attributes uh, of a good leader and, and, and if that's the person then that can, um, can lead your team then
0: great Overall for you in terms of all your coaching and all of sport what would be your definition of success? Um,
1: definition of success uh, I think if for example um, you, know, the, you know the players that are coming through under 16 I think you know if, 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 if when I see them again when they're, when they're older and they're seniors and, and they, they still thank us for, for what we did with, with the group when they come through that'd be, that'd be great because not all of them is going to be a professional footballer and not all of them are going to play for the for the Ireland international team, but if they can acknowledge, um, you know, the, the time and the effort and, and what we what we look to try and do with them, and the opportunities we gave them, if they could acknowledge that, I think that would be a great reward.
0: When when a player doesn't make it to the elite level, from what you've seen, how is it? How difficult is it to try and manage that from a coaching perspective? How do you keep them? engage in the sport because I know a couple of people maybe from different sports that have dropped out you know when they were on that path to the elite level and didn't make it how challenging is that and how do you try and navigate that difficult um, time and path for the player yeah
1: I think well you know, when I was working at club level you know it was all about giving them uh, you know a new focus um, and trying to help them uh, enjoy the game if, if they were disappointed on, on how things had gone um you know you, you need to encourage them to, to love the game again and, and remember why, why they did want to play the game. Um, and it's not to say that international football will never be there for them. It's just not an opportunity right now. But um, I think the, the, our, our club structures are getting getting better all the time. Uh, so there are environments where the players can go back into now and they can, they continue to enjoy the game They continue to, 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 to progress and develop. Um, I think that, that that's really important as well, um, that they do have those structures to fall back on.
0: Okay, brilliant. I'm going to move on to the sideline seven. It's the same seven questions at the end of every episode. At question one, what is your favourite quote? Uh, ooh,
1: uh, Cry in the beginning so you can smile in the end.
0: Okay, who said that?
1: I can't remember. <laughs>
0: it's all right. Would you use quotes much with the players at all? That sounds like you kind of, that's your go-to one
1: it's it, it's it's one that we might use with them just to get to understand that you know it's it's not an easy path it really is an easy path and that's for players and coaches there's gonna be an awful lot of setbacks um so just understand that they're setbacks and they'll only make you a little bit stronger
0: yeah there's a great one um failure is not a full stop it's a comma that's something I find really helpful when there's you know something's happening you're like you know yeah. This is just a little blip, you know, little stop, but you know you can keep going. Yeah. A uh, question two, What's the best sporting event you've been to? And you can pick one as a fan and one as a coach slash player.
1: Uh, best sporting event. Um, I think as a as a as a coach, it would it would probably be um, the Sweden game a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, memory for myself. Um, and As a fan, Birmingham um, oh, I mean, City getting promoted to the Premier League through the playoffs—that was uh, that was one for me. Um, and as a player, um, oh, as a player, I was, I was fortunate enough to I I was fortunate to score score for Wexford and um, in, in their inaugural season. Uh, the first time game, and that was a memory that will uh, that will always live for me, yeah.
0: Brilliant. Out of interest with that Sweden game, can you describe what the dressing room, what the journey home was like with, after that result?
1: Well, we were straight on the plane. Um, I was straight back to a, to a hotel at the airport because I was flying out to Malta the next day. So w- believe me when, when I say that we are all brought back down to reality quite quickly. <laughs> um, but the euphoria of... Of, of the build up to the event, the, the camp itself is, is, is the memory, and that's all part of it. And, um, you know, your your memories with the staff and, and the players that you have during the week, and then it all comes together in a performance. And it's just that initial feeling at the end of the whistle um, when you know, you know you've got a draw against one of the top ranked teams in the world. So um, that, it's that initial memory. And once the game's done and we have changed and we're fed, you, you're on to the next one then. Um, but you'll always remember it. Brought down to earth quite quickly.
0: It if interest, What motivates you more as a coach? Is it that amazing performance? You know those positives, or is it a setback? Is it a challenge that kind of gets you up in the morning?
1: Um, I did, oh, it's a good question. It's probably a bit of both, really. I think you do enjoy the challenge because it was. You know, we we talk all about them. The you know the growth mindset, uh, and and if you if you get comfortable in your comfort zone. You're not going to develop. You're not going to move forward. So you have to be challenged. You have to acknowledge challenges. So I do. I do like that. So, for example, we'll have a new group of players coming in to us now, June, July. Um, you know, we'll look to bring them through the under sixteen program, and that's going to be a challenge. That will be our challenge to different groups of players, different ability levels. To what's just come come through, um, and, and that will be for us then to work with the individual and, and build the team. Um, so that'll be that'll be a good challenge to look forward to. And and then with the with the seniors, you know, every fixture we go into is a challenge and 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 you know we 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 look forward to you know competing and, and pushing for World Cup qualification. And again, that's the challenge that gets you up and gets you ready. And I know I speak for myself and, and probably the rest of the staff and the, and all the players when you know we say that that, that is at the back of our minds with, with everything that we're doing at the moment.
0: Question 3 what's been the biggest setback or challenge so far in your career and how did you react to it Um
1: I think I, like I see I've, I've applied for for a number of jobs in the past um, and you, you know you don't you don't get those jobs um, and you can you know you can react in one of two ways and you can whinge and moan and sulk about it or you can you can keep pushing on and I think you know the initial feeling of that setback can be very disappointing, but you know you have to you have to be positive and, and keep moving forward, and and now I find myself in a in a better position than than maybe any of those jobs would have would have had me in. So, um, like you said, it's only a common, not a full stop.
0: What's been the biggest achievement on or off the pitch for you?
1: Um, biggest achievement uh i think probably getting my degree i wasn't i got a i don't know I, I completed my master's degree in belfast so i never would have been um a strong academic um so that i think i was one of the first in my my family to to get a master's um so that was something if you'd have asked me when i was in in secondary school would you go in i never went to college after school i went into an apprenticeship because um, education wasn't for me um but just how things changed. So the fact that I went back to to Belfast and uh, and done that was was, was fantastic. So I'm, I'm delighted that I have that now behind me. Um, on the pitch, I think I think probably reaching the levels that I reached as a player was was a massive achievement. I wasn't um, you know, I wasn't the greatest player or anything like that, but I always worked hard and I was honest and had a good attitude. And I think where I did progress to for me was a, was a fantastic achievement. Uh,
0: out of interest. And looking back, what advice would you give your eighteen-year-old self?
1: i do the same again. Do the same again because all the all the mistakes you make, they're only they're only small little hurdles and obstacles that you must maneuver around, and they're they what have made me who I am today. If you don't have those experiences, I probably won't be who I am, and um, you know, you know, and and that'll probably help me to. To deal and manage with any future setbacks or, or things that might come around. So, yeah, do the same again.
0: Who would be your dream dinner guest and why? And you can open the table to a few people if you want. Oh, favorite dinner guest. That's tough.
1: That is tough. Um, I think Ricky Gervais would be good. I do a lot of Ricky Gervais and keep us entertained um i'd love to chew the ears off michael jordan for a long time listen to him
0: i was just about to say will michael get it get a feature
1: definitely definitely get a shout out um and then uh ooh, tough one then anyone else come and join us um
0: can't think. It's okay. We'll, go, we'll stick two. with those yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, final question before I let you go. If your life was a book, what chapter would this be called?
1: Ooh. Um that's something like um new challenges. I think coming coming from the the, the domestic league and moving to international football at underage, but then into senior as well is uh, definitely new challenges for me. So yeah, probably.
0: Fantastic. If there's any coaches listening that want to reach out or get in touch about anything we've discussed um, or just looking for some advice, uh, where's the best place to find you?
1: Uh, on Twitter. Um, anyone can reach out to you on Twitter. Absolutely not a problem at all. Um, yeah, that's all okay. right.
0: Tom, thanks so much for your time. really enjoyed this. Uh, wishing you all the best of luck with the 16s, with the seniors and everything and beyond. And thanks again for coming on.
1: Great, right, thanks very much, Ola.
0: A massive thank you to Tom for joining me on the podcast today. I thoroughly enjoyed our chat and I just want to wish him and the under 16 and the senior women's the very best of luck moving forward. If you are enjoying the podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as it does help the show grow. A big thank you to Chinup Goggles for sponsoring the coaching series, and thank you for listening.